Today we'll be focusing on our sermon topic, which is how to become a father with willpower. What is our meaning or definition of willpower? Will is the desire and action of a person's heart. When a person can translate the desires and actions of his heart into concrete uh, evidence or action, then that is a person with willpower. What is then the decision of the will? The most simplest explanation for this it's to say, I do or I'm willing. This is a simple promise, but it needs to be backed up by a faith in action. Just like when we get married, I do, I'm willing. The couple will say to each other, I, I do, I'm willing to get married. It's a very simple phrase. But those who are married, they know. But because of that phrase, we need to, ex- uh, to invest a lot of time, a lot of effort, and action into fulfilling this promise. That, that is what we mean when we say willpower. When we become fathers, let me ask you, what are our um, hopes and or, or promise to our, to our children? We look at their promise and we look at their hope and what are the investments that we did to fulfill those hopes. For those who are fathers, I have four suggestions that I would like to share with you. If you are not yet a father, this is a reminder for you. When you become a spiritual father, these four suggestions may help you and can help you as you bring up your spiritual children. Number one, I would like to see my child know God's saving grace. Number two, I would like to see my child become an obedient child. The third, I would like to see my child be a student of the truth. The fourth, I would like to see my child be a person with willpower. Let me explain. Let me explain. Number one. I would like to see my child know God's saving grace. As a parent, especially those who are the head of the family, the fathers, this is your biggest responsibility in your life. There are no responsibilities that's are heavier or more important than this. Yes, yes. Yes, you can guide your child and you can raise up your child to become a person who's successful, who earns a lot of money, who is highly educated, who has uh, great capabilities. In fact, they'll be well-known and have a high position in society. authority, And he'll be bestowed with authority. Of course, these are great things. 
家叫做真抛埋山，何况我真正荣幸无钱。阿你讲你惊 ？All these things will make us to become very proud of our son. 但系你记得 ，But please remember， 耶稣提起咱将真重要嘅大事。Jesus reminded us of something very important here。人啊，贪了了全世界杯酒家嘅生命，有什么益处咧？人读什么嚟换呢个生命咧 ？What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? 世界无比物件，比咱嘅生命更加宝贵。There's nothing more precious than our lives in this world。上上帝即系父母将肉身赐予咱。God through the parents gave us this physical body。但系只有主耶稣基督有当将永生赐予咱。But only Jesus Christ can give us eternal life。约翰福音第十七章第三节。In John 17 verse 3。念不你读呢个真神，并且念不你所切嚟嘅耶稣基督，这就是永生。Now this is eternal life。That that they know you, that only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. As parents, our responsibility is to guide our children and to raise them up into knowing Christ. And to know Christ means to have eternal life. So when our our children are still small, you should slowly and slowly guide them. We need to raise them up for them to know the gospel. So that your child or your children will know something very important here, understand something important. Here. Jesus uh, uh, is uh, sacrificing himself for our, our sins. For your sins, and he died there on the cross. So that when our children are small, when they are still small. Will have this sensitivity to sin. That is called a spiritual lesson. To know the the relationship between themselves and sin. That when a child will have this clear understanding of what sin is in their life, as they grow up, they will be very sensitive to sin and sinning. When a person never thinks about sin, and yet time and again they would commit sin, then they will they will be living in a life full of sin. Probably if they're not, uh, they'll they'll not be in prison. They'll be killed by somebody. And on that time, I'm sorry, it's too late. For you to start thinking about sin, it might be too late. So, as parents, especially for those who are fathers, you have to let your child know the relationship between their lives and sin. Please remember. To help children know about sin, confess and forgive. Ignorance of sin does not make one innocent, but only death in ignorance of sin. I'm sure, as parents, as fathers, we love our children. And I'm sure it is our desire, our heart's desire, that our the final destination of our children will be there in heaven. That's why you need to help your child and your children solve their problem of sin. What is sin? Sin is to have enmity with God. 靠这个明白这个真理的人是创世纪的约瑟。
The first one to know this truth is the, is, can be found in the book of Genesis, Joseph. When the wife of Potiphar was trying to seduce uh, Joseph, Joseph said, Can I commit such a grave sin against my God? He did not say, He did not say, Can I commit this sin against my master? Because you are the master's wife. He did not say, I'm, I'll be sinning against you. Because if I, if I commit adultery with you, then you'll be uh, uh, an adulterer. I'm not sinning against myself. When I sin, I sin against myself. But instead, he declared that when I sin, I sin against God. So may the Lord help us. To have sin is to become an enemy of God. So unless our sins are forgiven, we will only end up in one place. We will be all ending up in hell. There is no other place for us to go to. So may the Lord help us. There's only two, there are only two destinations. Either we end up in heaven or we end up in hell. Chairman, Let me ask you, where will our children be? The answer is quite clear. Because we love them. But the problem is, who can forgive me of my sins? But the answer is very simple. Who was the one who bore or the weight of my sins who died for my sins only that person can forgive me of my sins it was only Jesus Christ who died on the cross for my sins so only Christ can solve the problem for our so sins that's why in Ephesians 1 verse 7 in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. And in Colossians 1.14, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sin. Only the blood of Christ can solve the problem of our sins. So as fathers, let's share the, the story of the gospel with our child for them to understand what sin really is. Sin is any action that comes from being self-centered. Because that is the result of being a self-centered person. So as fathers, we need to slowly and surely explain this to our child. As fathers, if we are sensitive to sin, and we are willing to confess and repent of our sins, that would be a very good uh, example as a role model for our child to learn from. So, Baba, so fathers, there's something that you need to learn to say. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. I am sorry. I was mistaken. I'm sorry. Learn to say, I'm sorry, 
to our children. For this is to help set an example for our child to know how to confess of their sins. Don't, don't buy into the Chinese saying that there's no father who's strong in this world. There are a lot of fathers who have done so many wrong things. As we confess, that our children will not look down on us. Instead, our children will learn to respect us. It will change the atmosphere of our family. If we are wrong, we confess that we are wrong. That is called willpower. Number two, I would like to see my child become an obedient child. One of the hardest and most difficult things as a parent is to teach our children to become obedient. Especially when our child has a very strong will. They have their own perspective of things. They have their own opinions. It's not easy for them to say yes to you. I don't know if you have such experiences in your house. In the past three years, there's this problem that came out. It's called ivermectin. Would you take ivermectin or not? And it was, it was, it took me completely by surprise that this became such a big issue. On an average, those who are younger would refuse to take ivermectin. Those who are older would take ivermectin. <laughs> it becomes a conflict. There are people who are in favor of it. There are people who are against it. So how do we solve this? The first, if your child has a very strong will, you need to thank the Lord. Because your child is an inborn leader. They have their own way of looking at things and they have their own opinions. And that, is, that person is a resource. But if you don't guide and properly raise that child, let me, uh, let me guarantee you that person, that child will become very rebellious at, uh, later on. So there's something good, both good and bad there. Leader. A good leader, the first requirement is to have an attitude of obedience. That's why the Bible teaches us. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Children, obey your parents because this is a command from the Lord. So as a father, we are very concerned with regards to the obedience of our child. They will not allow, we will not allow our child to become the king inside the household. Because as a father, you should know. If my child will not refuse to submit to authority inside the household, they will not submit to any authority in society. But as fathers, how do we teach our children how to, to become obedient? 
our as a Chinese, our uh, our method, the method we often employ is to suppress our children and to force them to obey. If you, refuse to, if you refuse to listen to me, then you'll have no allowance. You cannot use my car. You, you will not be able to use my credit card. Because this is uh, the, the doing of a foolish father. You know why? You know why? Because when you suppress more, that rebound effect will be bigger. When you play basketball, if you dribble the ball, if you dribble it softly, the ball will bounce softly. But if you bounce it hard, the ball will, will bounce very hard. This is not the method. So how? So how? Number one. Number one. Yes, we, need to, we need to become their, their role model. We have to model it for them. As a father, we need to understand something very clearly here. Your child or your children needs to see in you how to submit to authority. Only then can your child learn to submit to God's word inside your household. If you as a father refuse to submit to any authority and you often would like to quarrel with other people and if you don't fight, it's not normal for you. The, in, uh, there's a Chinese saying is they need to compete for them to, uh, to be able to win but there are things that you don't need to compete with may the Lord help us they have to you are, you're slowly uh, teaching your child this wrong concept it, it's to refuse to stop until you win then, then your child will never learn how to submit to authority. That's why it's important for you to become their role model. Number two, you need to learn to respect them. An obedient father is a, per, is a father who knows how to respect their child. Because they understand one thing. It's child, it's child is uh, was created by God. And all of us have our own free will. And God respects each one of us. That's why we need to respect each of our children. This is the very basic respect that we need to give to each child of ours. Especially for our fathers. We are called the head of the family. You want to have this very good relationship with your children. Start with respect. Don't start with your authority. And slowly you would realize one thing because you have learned how to respect them they in turn will respect you I have three children all three of them have their own opinions they're very opinionated especially my son he's not here today he's the MC in the English service my son has a very strong will and I have learned through so many mistakes 
I have learned this from so many mistakes that I've committed. And we we would often have differing opinions and perspective of things. But as I slowly learn how to respect his opinions, I I some I realize something wonderful here. When I speak, only then will he listen. Because if I don't speak, he won't listen. Uh, When his mother speaks, he won't listen. But when I speak, he listens, he obeys. This is something that I've learned from so many failures. He would often say to me, Say, Father, you know, I respect you so much. When I heard him say it, of course, I'm filled with happiness. May the Lord help us. Respect is an act of the will. This is the best gift for those with free will. Don't think for a moment that because your child is still small or your children are still small that you don't need to respect them. That we don't need to listen to their opinions. No, 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 no. No, that's not right. The more the the younger they are, listen to them when they speak. Of course, it doesn't mean that we have to agree with them. But we need to respect their opinion. Listen to them when they speak. Don't shut them down when they speak. Because if you do that, they will never speak again. This is a, a mistake that a lot of us parents commit. It's very simple. When you go out and eat, who is the one ordering the food? Listen. If you have given and uh, or assigned that uh, that uh, responsibility of ordering food to your child, don't speak. Especially the mothers. After the, the child orders, there are a lot of side comments. Why do you order so much? Why do you order this, this That's not good. Why do you order so much meat? Let me tell you. Uh, you are being, being very foolish. Because in the future, your children will never want to order again. It's not that they don't want to order. They don't want you to speak anymore. If you assign them tasks to do, allow them the free will to do it. May the Lord help us. We often make this mistake. We want to let go, but we refuse to let go completely. If you refuse to believe them, then don't give that a responsibility to them. But if you trust them, then you refrain from speaking. Your child will slowly learn what authority is and what to submit to authority really means. The third, I would like to see my child become a student of the truth. Look at this verse in the Bible. Deuteronomy 6, 6 to 8. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. This is a very famous passage in the Bible. This is God teaching the people of Israel how to teach their children, how to raise their children. To keep the uh, God's word in, uh, to, to take God's word and put them in the heart of their children. 
parents, all of us want uh, our, our children to become obedient children. Let me ask you this question. To listen to whom? To listen to us? To listen to me? Or to listen to God? Of course, it's natural for us to want them to listen to us. When I speak, you hear and you listen. Let me ask you another question. Are you speaking the truth or are you speaking only your opinions? So you understand what I'm trying to say here. When you want your children to obey you, because you have the authority and you want them to submit to you. Because they know. Because they will know that when you speak, you speak God's word. When I speak, I speak the opinions of the Lord. That's why I have this authority. But our words are not of absolute authority. So may the Lord help us. That's why in Deuteronomy chapter 6, it teaches us we need to diligently teach our children. Whether we are sitting at home or we are walking along the road. When we lie down to sleep, you know what it's trying to say here? Anytime, to look for every opportunity to use all occasions to teach our children. I know in the past people have suggested us, us to create a family altar. This is a very good suggestion. But my opinion is this. As our children slowly grew up, grow up, we don't need to have so many family altars. Don't have it every day. There is no need for that. And then during the family altar, don't be so solemn or so strict. This is not Sunday worship. Make it simple. Just share your devotion and listen to their opinions. But the more, most important thing here is that is the golden opportunity. And you have to grab hold of that golden opportunity. And you say, what is that golden opportunity? I don't know. But it's how it's based on your wisdom to see that, that occasion and that opportunity. One time I was, as I was driving, I was just driving. My, my child suddenly asked me this question. My child was asking me about uh, homosexuality. And I said, that this is a golden opportunity. If my child did not ask me, it's difficult for me to just open up that topic and discuss with that person. So on the way, so on the way, so I was sharing my opinion, and I was sharing what the Bible is telling us. Of course, my child has his her, uh, his own uh, opinion. You know, young people today, they are a bit different with their outlook. When they talk about homosexuality, in our age, right now, for most of people our age, they would look at uh, look at it as something wrong. 
But for them, it's a different kind of outlook. They're not saying it's right. But they want us to empathize with them, to understand them. So I was telling my son, uh, we will tell our children when we have difference in opinion that we are not approving of their opinion, but we are agreeing to disagree. May the Lord help us. This is a golden opportunity. That opportunity comes once in a while. You can discuss a lot of things. Just like in the past three years, there are people who are in favor of the vaccines, there are people who strongly oppose the vaccine. There are people who say, don't, don't get vaccinated, you'll die. There's a saying before, if, if you uh, get vaccinated, you'll die in three years. It's, it's good that you and I are both alive right now. Would you take ivermectin or not? We can discuss it. We can use this opportunity as a point of discussion. But please remember, in all things, you need to go back to the Bible. You need to let them know what the Bible is saying about this. Your opinion, my opinions, but what does the Bible say? Only then can our child and our children understand what the Bible is really all about. Just, just like John, uh, 3 John 1 verse 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. We thank the Lord. There's no greater joy than seeing our children walk in the truth. As fathers, you don't need to be preachers, you don't need to be a pastor. You don't need to be a theologian. Because your child is not a, a seminary student. You need to study the Bible. You need to listen to the sermon carefully. To learn and to share and to discuss with our children things you have learned. There's something here I want you to take note of. This is what Paul has discussed with Timothy. In the end times, many dangers. In the end times, there will be many dangers. And one of the dangers can be found in 2 Timothy 4 3 to 4. For the time will come when people will not put up with the sound doctrine instead to suit their own desires. They will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Paul said that at the end times, people will not want to listen to the truth. That they like to hear and listen to strange messages. So as fathers, our responsibility is very important. We need to teach our children the truth. That's why you need to listen attentively uh, to God's word. A person once asked me, what why do we listen to God's word? Is 
Is it, isn't it for us to live out the, the word of the Lord or to live out the truth? There's nothing wrong there. To listen is for us to obey. But there's one mistake. There's always a gap between listening and walking. Just like when we eat. Why do we eat? It's for us to become healthy. It's for nutrition. But before the food becomes nutrients for us, we need to digest it first. That's why between listening and obeying God's word or living out God's word, there's something in between. It's called spiritual digestion. God's word it's not just for you to live it out or walk it out it's to transform your values system let me tell you not all the truths in the Bible we can live it out don't fool yourself don't deceive yourself in the Sermon of the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, 7. Matthew 5, 6, and 7. How many of us here can live out each one of them? Please raise your hand. Who dare to raise up their hand? That probably is the greatest liar of all time. Because Matthew 5, 6, 7 is not for us to live out completely. It's for you to know that you cannot live it out completely. It's for you to learn that you need to trust the Lord and depend on the Lord. Without the help of the Lord, you will never be able to live, live this out. That's called uh, to, to be, uh, to be um, justified by faith. To love your enemy. How many of us can live it out? When we get slapped in the left and we allow them to slap us on the right, how many of us can do it? Let me uh, please demonstrate it to me. Let me. Let me try to slap you. This is something that's impossible. But we can do it. Right? Because through Christ, we can live this out. That's why there are a lot of truths in the Bible that we find impossible to completely comply with. But it's to bring us into the presence of the Lord that we will learn to trust and depend on the Lord our whole life. I've heard people say it's useless for us to listen to God's word. It's more important for us to live it out. It sounds very reasonable. Let me, please ask me. Last Sunday, what did the pastor say? Do you remember? That person probably forgot. Probably forgot. And then we just wasted the pastor's time. You just wasted your time. No need for you to come. Because it's not important for you to listen to sermons. That is the voice of the enemy. You know why? You know why? Let me ask you another question. What is it that you ate last Monday? Lunch. What did you have for lunch? What did you have for dinner? Try to remember. How many of you can recall? Two Mondays ago, what did you have for lunch? Can you? One month before you? One month ago, what did you eat? 
Nobody wants to raise up their hand. Then you just wasted what you ate. But, but if you don't eat, you die. You know what am I what am I trying to say? Here? When I eat, even though I forgot, but it, it's in my system. When I listen to God's word, God's word is there in my heart. Slowly but surely, God's word will have an impact in my heart. It will change the way I think. It will change my values system. Until such a day, when something occurs, you will know. Suddenly, God's word will pop up in your mind and you would know God's word. Just like when a child asks you a question, can a, can a Christian watch movie or put on makeup? Can, can, a, can a Christian watch Harry Potter movies? If you don't have the knowledge of the truth, you would not know how to respond to your child according to God's word. So may the Lord help us. It's important for us to listen to God's word. It's important for us to speak God's word. And of course, it's very important for us to live out God's word. But if you don't listen to God's word carefully, don't tell me that you're living out God's word. You want your child to become a student of the truth? You need uh, you yourself need to study God's word diligently. And you help your child develop the habit of studying God's word. When God's words became becomes your child's value system. You will not worry wherever your child may be in this in this world. Even though California Even though if they go to California or other places that are very liberal You know, if you go to San Francisco in the United States, it's a very uh, values-wise, it's a very chaotic place. Of course, the, the climate there is very nice. But their moral values is very low. But may the Lord help us that the truth of God's word will become the foundation of our child. The last one. I would like to see my child become a person with willpower. There's a very famous uh, Chinese okay. artist in Taiwan. Christian artist, rather. I've heard, but I've never seen the person's face that that person is very uh, attractive and very talented. One time he asked his wife this question. And this is a question a lot of women would like to ask. Do you love me? I, I don't know why women would love to ask their husband this question. Yes, of course. Of course, the, the husband all, of, will always say yes, of course. So he, the, the wife asked the second question. Why do you love me? And the artist was saying that in her heart, she wanted to hear the answer because you're very attractive. Because you're very capable. 
但是小妹教我。But she couldn't, ah,、uh, she couldn't fathom the answer that was given to her. 我听你，因为我决定不听你。I love you because I have determined in my heart to love you. 你讲开始做，你冇冇夸伊这个答案。At first, she was not happy with that answer. 是什么个答案啊 ？What kind of an answer is that? 那就冇理由诶。It seems unreasonable. 你讲后来哦。But slowly. 当伊是基督徒啦，伊是基督徒啦。Because she's a Christian. 你讲我感谢上帝。I thank the Lord. 你讲这个答案是最好嘅答案。That answer is the Best answer I can get. You know, I will get it. Because one day, I'm no longer attractive. Or my physical being is not well healthy anymore. Or probably Alzheimer's. And I lose my capabilities. Then you can not love me anymore. If I only love you because you're attractive, then right now you're not attractive anymore. If if I love you only because you're very capable, but right now you're no longer capable. So I thank the Lord for His answer. That's called willpower. We need to use our willpower to decide things. Not only in terms of marriage, but in in our work, in our ministry. That we have this unique. Sense of willpower in our life. As parents, we want our children to become submissive and obedient children. The secret here is: you have to teach your children when they're still young to have willpower. You know why? You know why? Obedience is a behavior of the will. A person who consistently exercises his will is a person who obeys easily. There's a very famous theologian Darby. He once said, "He said, 'I make a decision to obey God. Obeying God is not difficult if one is determined to walk with God. You first have this determination in you. Whatever it is that you're doing, when you have decided to do, then when you're decided, then it's easy for you to obey. One time, a person asked Jesus, 诫命中间倒一条几多呀 ？Among the commandments, which one is the greatest? 你真会攞出诫命喎 ？You know how many commandments are there? 六百十三条。There are six, ah, six hundred sixteen. Ah, six hundred thirteen, rather. Among the six hundred thirteen commands, which one is the most important? You know the answer of Jesus. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. To use your will to love the Lord. To do your best and to use your will. To decide to love the Lord. When you have decided in your will, then comes commitment. This person, they need to have this committed heart, this attitude of commitment. If you want to help your child to develop willpower, then you need to teach your children to have a sense of commitment. When they have made a promise, when they have committed to to do something, no matter how difficult that task may be. 
promised. You need to help your child fulfill that promise, that commitment. And as they grow up slowly, surely they will meet failures. But if they hold on to that principle, if I make a promise, I will do everything that I can to fulfill that commitment. And slowly you would realize one thing. Then, then and only then will you see that your child is developing willpower. They will not easily give up. If I make a promise to you, then I will do it. You know, Elder Stanley, who often stands here and translates for us. When I make translation schedules with him, because he will know, he will let me know in advance when he'll be traveling to the Philippines. So I would make arrangements for the schedule. So that I'll give our, our, our other translators a chance to rest. There are at least three times that we have made arrangements that there is a change in the schedule. You know what he did? He would, he would uh, just fly over here. And then after the translation, Sunday he would fly back to Singapore. And I'm saying, Stanley, you don't have to do that. You forgot we have other translators here. But he would smile. He will not say anything, he'll just smile. Because I know in his mind he has... In his mind, he has said that when I make a commitment, then I'll do my best to fulfill my commitment. That's called willpower. In all aspects, it's like that. Of course, the most important thing is our faith, our beliefs. So I'd like to use our faith uh, to, as an example. When I accepted Christ as my personal Savior, I have decided one thing. That I will not leave my faith or abandon my faith for my whole life. When I stepped out to be a full time minister, and I said to the Lord, Help me, Lord, to become a faithful and good servant of yours as a good minister. I've been a Christian and I've been serving for 40 plus years. It's not that I have not met difficulties, but I have never, the thought of giving up my faith has never entered my mind. When I became a father of somebody, I I, I, I uh, emphasize this in myself more because I am a pastor. My, my children are PKs or pastor's kids. And for them, faith is very important because they grew up inside a church. So it's, they should know this Lord, our Lord. But in reality, that's not always the case. There are a lot of pastors' kids who are very good. But there are a lot of other pastors' kids who are not so good. Why? Is it that because they have not seen the commitment that their fathers gave to their faith? 
Because the fathers live right in front of the child. They probably see their father's lukewarm attitude towards their faith. And they've seen my attitude in, in my work here in church. Is it just for me to earn money? Or, or, or am I truly committed in serving the Lord? I'm not saying that for my, because of my example that they'll leave the Lord. But it's plus God will be the one speaking with them. But I know my attitude and my modeling has a big, it's a big challenge for them. It's a big pressure for them. That's why I would often like to model and to let them see that I have a commitment to my faith that they would follow my footsteps for the rest of their lives. So as fathers, do you want your child to develop willpower? You yourself need to have willpower whether it's in your faith, whether it's in your work, you need to show willpower so that your children will see in you what the Bible, uh, hear what the Bible is saying. Showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. May the Lord help us that our children through the generations would uh, would see and experience God's grace. Our responsibility is to help our children to become a person of off commitment. When they make a promise, that they will keep that promise. And if they are having a difficult time meeting that promise, help them to keep that promise. Truly, I guarantee you that there will be occasions wherein they will fail. But as they grow older, you would realize one thing. Their failures will become less and less. The more responsible they become, you are then you then can say that you're successful. May the Lord help each one of us that we will be blessed by the Lord and will be helped by the Lord to become a father with willpower. That our child in turn will learn from us and become a person of willpower. May the Lord bless us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, as we come before you, we thank you so much for this wonderful reminder, Lord, that by ourselves, we cannot do anything. Even to become a person of willpower, Lord, we need the help of the Holy Spirit. We need your help, Lord, in helping us and guiding us, Lord. Help us to become good role models for our children, not just saying words, but to, to model it for them, Lord, so they will see as we live right in front of them our attitude, our behavior, our faith, Lord. We know that to become successful, uh, we want them to learn from us how we trust you, how we depend on you each step of the way. Amen. Help us, Lord. To, uh, to develop this and to raise up a generation of committed Christians. A person, uh, those new generation would in turn raise up other generations of committed children of, uh, of the Lord, Lord. We trust you for all these. We thank you so much for this reminder. And we thank you, Lord, that you are our wonderful Father. Amen. This is our prayer in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.